Oh yeah. Bay vibes with a whole lot of laughs. Kicking knowledge on a new podcast. Dad vibes, but we run it with class. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. Yeah, it's the second half. Hey, it's the second half. Kicking knowledge on a new podcast. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. All right, welcome back to another episode of the second half. Uh, you have Sweeney Todd here, Rye Boogie here. What's up? Launchpad is here, and we have a special guest today. Uh, he's a proprietor of Mabuhai Vibes, born in the Philippines and came to the U.S. at the age of ten. Has lived in the Bay Area since coming to the U.S. Nineteen years of cooking experience. Winner of the second annual Culinaria Cooking Competition. Hosted by the Philippines Tourism in 2011, was able to do a food tour in Philippines, Singapore, and Malaysia. He's a purple belt in BJJ and also trains in Muay Thai. Started Mabuhai Vibes in 2021, initially as a food business and, transi- and transitioned to clothing. We have here Albert Rivera. Hey, that's a pretty extensive resume, dude. That is an extensive resume. When people ask you, "What do you do?" What is? What do you say? I mean, I always, I always say, I used to be a, sh- a former chef, and then everybody said, "No, you're still a chef." So I'm like, Once I feel, I feel hard. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it feels good, but at the same time, like kind of heartbroken at the same time because mm. of my departed from cooking so yeah what's your son's name uh kaden the birthday boy yeah kaden yeah hey, happy, birthday. happy birthday thanks for letting your dad join us man yeah thanks for letting <laughs> your, your pops to come hang with us old guys today exactly second the second half out. this yeah. is what we do <laughs> kids go off to celebrate and uh and we just sit around having some drinks there you go <laughs> so uh, let's, let's jump right in uh can you talk to us about transitioning uh to the u.s at 10 uh so first it was it started with um me and my dad went here first and then after eight months my my mom and my brother and sisters came along and we were and then we were staying at my uncle's house in hercules and then after that we moved to an apartment so there was like two bedroom apartment uh five of us in there uh five kids and then two uh my mom and dad was there and then later on probably Within like another eight months to a year, my cousins came came over from my um, my dad's uh, brother, and then two of them came over at the house too. So there was like nine of us in oh, wow. a two bedroom apartment, yeah. and we make it happen. Yeah, you know I mean like bunk beds everywhere. We sleep it on the couch thing. and all yeah. that stuff. So yep. where where are you in the pecking order? Of, so there's five siblings. Mm-hmm. You said. Yeah, eldest, youngest, middle. So my youngest one will sleep with my mom. My sister, one of my sister, will sleep in the top, and then my uh, my cousin and my other sister will sleep on the bottom bunk bed because it's a uh, it's a full. And then there's a bed next to it, and then there's a pullout bed. That's oh, where man. I sleep. And then my my brother and my other cousin sleeps on the couch in the living room yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's a that's a real Filipino immigration exactly like right even there. in the city you know yeah. what I mean like so are you the oldest 
I'm second to the oldest of, out of my siblings. Yeah. So, grew up in Rodeo, Hercules area, and then went to John Sweat. So, yes. So you stayed primarily in that area. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I never really left. I mean, I during the summer I'll hang out with my cousins in San Jose. So I'll buy I'll buy a a season pass on. Uh, uh, Great America, Great America, yeah, yeah. and then and then my and then it helps yeah, my parents don't have to worry one kid to feed, right? So they send me to San Jose sleepover from house to house to different um, cousins and all that stuff, and then they'll pick me up before school starts again, and then hustles back on. Yeah, you know I mean, so that's we were, we were just talking about that a few episodes ago. My my family used to drop me off too uh-huh. in the summers for like yeah. two weeks because yep, you know where else was I gonna go? <laughs> Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, I I want my kids to experience that too. You know what I mean? So I mean, I give them here and t- uh, I give them a little bit of here and there kind of stories, but you know, not too deep. Yeah. <laughs> so how spread out are the siblings now? Like, where where are they living? Uh my my brothers and sisters. Yeah. Uh my brother, my oldest brother was in the military, so he was living all over the uh, all over the world, Korea, Afghan, you know. Uh, Savannah. He still has a house in Savannah, uh, Georgia, and then now he he lives over here. So he's back over here. My sister's in Hawaii right now, oh, nice. uh, in Maui, and then and then mostly all my siblings are here in the Bay Area. So cool. Uh, they're still local. <laughs> Your sister's spot in Maui must be like a popular family vacation spot, then, huh? No, actually. So with my sister. We um we mostly stayed in Maui because of my um my mother in law's uh time show over there and then we always go over there. And then as they've been having that since the seventies I believe or the eighties and then they let it go and then we didn't know things are expensive. <laughs> it used yeah. to be free and all right, that stuff right. and then we took advantage of it and like uh we don't wanna take it because it's it looks old and you know it's in by Kaanapali over there. And then uh, we're just like, ah, we don't want to take it over. Uh, we're good. And then they let it go. And then mm. now we're regretting it. And then my sister lives. Uh, she was staying uh Kahului. And now she's staying in Haiku. Tourist, uh, probably the last town before going to Han- Hana, road to Hana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but with that said, that's where I'm kind of cross uh, business with. My sister takes care of my hats where I get my hats in Maui and Kihei. So that's he, she's my uh, I supplier. Guess, or? She's the one who talks and oh. things and communicator and all the stuff in between. I like I don't <laughs> like technology much. I'm not a very good in technology, so I like a hands-on kind of thing. So I need to mm-hmm. see it, feel it, or at least I need somebody to actually do this do that for me so so do you mean you get you get some of your your product my, my uh, headgears your headgear out head from gears. out there yeah no. got it yeah so and then is it and then you do you design it out there or i design it myself and then oh so this is what happened on that part that the hat was um one of the dude um the, the owner um he said hey i always make an aloha hat it's always a aloha hat. I never seen a mabuhay. And in Maui, Filipino 
um, residents is like rising, it, and and it's a good community over there too in Maui. And it's like, let me do my buhai for you. It's like, all right, can you create me a design? And then this is the design that they he came up with, and it was like, okay, I agree, oh, well. and let's do it. And then that that's where it came about on this uh, 3D uh, uh, puff thing. Regarding with my patch and everything, I've been I've been taking care of that since. Uh, the classic since ni- uh, 2021 nice. and I designed it myself and all that stuff so nice we, we were, we're jumping the gun a little <laughs> yeah, bit yeah I know we, we I know I'm sorry about yeah, but maybe you were saying how when I asked um, you know when someone asked what do you do you're saying well I used to be a chef yeah let's maybe just talk a little bit about cooking uh, and where that started you know is that uh, did that come with the family well I mean or, uh, how, how did you get into that how it started was um I went to the Philippines in 2021 or 2001 or 2002 and oh no sorry let's rewind a little bit I went to Canada and met a cousin over there and cool guy uh, Jeff he's like one of my one of my guys that I always talk to uh, in the beginning and like hey what do you think this and that and then he kind of gave me pointers here and there and then when we went to the Philippines because uh, I want to visit to the Philippines for the fir- very first time. Like um, he was there, and and um, he was do uh, he was doing culinary stuff in in the Philippines. Because he was t- uh, going to school in Canada, and then he's just like, I don't know any Tagalog, but once I came over here and I learned the language, it was so easy to to try uh, to talk to everybody, and he was teaching us the pointers how to use the taxi and everything to go to the Philippines so we had a conversation about food and it was like two to three hours straight and it was late night already and we still keep on going it's like hey it's getting late we should go to sleep but this conversation is really uh, good I mean like let's continue and all that stuff after that when I went back over here I was working at Wells Fargo here in uh, Concord the mortgage place and we got laid off and it's like huh what the hell am I gonna do now cause that's when like the market was crashing around 2003 2002 yeah, right? right and then uh, what am I gonna do now try to look for another job the same thing and then market is still crashing so I was like never mind and then we, me and my cousin had a good conversation about food let me go to culinary school went to uh, Contra Costa College cause I couldn't afford uh, the one in San Francisco right. mm-hmm. yeah it was like fifty thousand dollars for like eighteen hundred uh eight eighteen months, and then we went to the school, and I saw people doing studies, and on front of a TV, right? I was like, I'm not gonna pay fifty thousand dollars for that. Right. I mean, I need real skills and all that stuff. I mean, probably that was just partial of their class, but still. Fifty thousand dollars. Person actually showing and exactly. Teaching. I mean, so so Contra Costa College or DVC or uh, Contra Costa College because it's, it's closer to my house. So much much more affordable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and exactly that's like that's all I could afford. You know what I mean? So I went to that school and then as soon as I got my foot in in school, I tried to look for a job already or intern. So and then gladly one of my buddies. Um, one of our friend, her boyfriend, was uh, he was a pastry chef in San Francisco, 
in Ploof, right there in Belden Place. And we just passed yeah, by yeah. it today, too. And then um, I say, hey, uh, can I intern for your chef? Sure. And then I did that, and he became a mentor, uh, Thomas Weeble. He's in the circle of the Philippine consulate and all that mm-hmm. stuff, too, and he cooked for Philippine consulate, too, a couple of times. And ever this since then, all, I've been... This is all in the span of, like... A couple of years, it sounds like. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that worked, and then I've been I've been grinding ever since. I've been working to a lot of fine dining restaurants. I worked in. A, I opened up a Shinsen in Hercules, helped open that, and then I was doing uh, I was doing the hot food over there, and then I was kind of like looking over the sushi chefs and learning some of that stuff, and then I try to put that knowledge to my cooking too hmm. like I'm not a great sushi chef or um, but the technique I'm all about technique all about knife skills and I mean that's that's just what I I gotta show show off for I mean so and then flavors too flavors is always key and that's why Japanese wasn't really my strong point because Japanese has to speak on its own ingredient right mm-hmm. it has to be uh, fresh enough uh, seafood uh, techniques by um, by uh, using your knife skills and then you it's just like colors and uh, yeah it's just mm-hmm. knife skills and all that stuff and that's what you with Japanese so I there's went, not much to enhancing it yeah, yeah yeah and that's why you have to perfect there's the an technique. authenticity aspect of yeah, it yeah you have yeah. to perfect that uh, thing French food that's where I started uh, I was working at French Bistro Plouffe um and then I tried a whole, um, and then we opened up a, a French Japanese restaurant a couple of times in the Izakaya. And then by 2010, I kind of burnt out. And then my, my other chef uh, took me in. Um, and then I kind of messed that up. <laughs> Long story on that one. But I was able to get, uh, regain myself at 2011. And got hired as a sous chef in um, in Metro Lafayette in Lafayette, hmm. and that was a fine dining casual. And I was there for three years as a sous chef. And then, by the after they went through two chefs, I was finally got the opportunity to become the executive chef. Nice. And I I was the I longest Metro, nice. and I was the longest running chef that they ever had. Six years. Oh, wow. I think the longer span was two years over there. And I ran it for six years. But what, what was the cuisine? That was starting at 2011, oh. you said? Yeah, yeah. So 2011, I was three years for sous chef. And in six years, I quit of November. Actually, Thanksgiving day. That was my last day at uh, Metro Lafayette in 2020. Wow. During the pandemic. Hmm. Yeah. You were asking the... Uh, oh, I was going to say, um, how did you... I got a lot of questions, actually. Yeah, because yeah, uh, you kind of took us on like a 20-year journey there. Yeah. I, I do want to hear about uh, kind of how you your influences shaped the cuisine at Metro, since that was your... Sounds like your longest-running mm-hmm. stint. But maybe before we go there, um, going back to the conversation you had in the, in the PI with your cousin, uh-huh. it sounds like that sparked and triggered something for you about food. Um, where did your passions in food come from before that? Or- well, as a little kid, like I still remember, I like to eat. <laughs> I yeah. was a big kid. Jiu Jitsu got me 
a little bit skinnier, but I like to eat. And I always, as a little kid, I always, I knew how to cook rice at five years old. I know how to, I don't know if you guys know, mungo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the beans is, uh, it's the beans. I knew how to cook that when I was five years old. I'm always in the kitchen. I'm always, I'm the nosy little kid that burns his fingers or something, like trying to open a pot or something like that. So. Your parents cooked a lot or your family cooked mm-hmm. a lot? I wouldn't say my parents because my parents are always out working uh-huh. in the Philippines, traveling. It was the maid or same thing like how I, I was talking about in San Jose. I stay at my relatives mm-hmm. in the Philippines. My mom, my parents will send me out in the province. Right. So, and then you know I'll I'll learn I'll see how they cook and you know butcher, uh, pig, goat, chicken. You know what I mean that. And then they had a rice farm in the backyard too so i know how that process happens too and all that stuff so that, that was fascinating to you at that yeah age? it was just curious yeah. Yeah. that was super curious i mean like yeah i like to eat i never say no right except for ampalaya which is a bitter melon grown accustomed to the taste at, at now that right. I'm drinking beer, yeah. I think it's fine now. <laughs> it's different, right? Your taste buds yeah. change as you get older. Yeah, like you, yeah, yeah. When you're younger, that bitterness is it's, it's like so before, strong. I didn't even like cilantro. As when I started my culinary journey, I didn't like cilantro. But when, when uh, like when we eat pho, I give it to my girlfriend at that time. Now it's my wife, but I give my cilantro to my wife. Oh wow! And then one time. Um, and then she likes a lot of cilantro on her um, pica de gallo, right? Yeah, and the, then, me- the Mexican in me right now is yeah, like, how do you not yeah, like yeah, cilantro? Yeah. And but then one I get time, yeah, if you're not a- she made uh, a pico de gallo for me, and there was barely any cilantro, maybe none. And it's like, what the hell is this? Something's <laughs> missing. I was like, Something's yeah. missing. It's the cilantro. Ah, oh, snap! That that took over, and then after that, I learned how to actually appreciate cilantro, and then you know. I, lo- I love Antonio Bernain that every time I meet somebody new I, this is my very first question to them what brings you back uh, when you're a child what brings you back if memories um, your favorite food hmm. and then now the conversation pieces like now they're gonna think and then the conversation goes a little longer right. they talk about history of them they talk about like oh my mom did this or my mom did that or my mom didn't do this my mom didn't do that and then it's just a, a better conversation and it's a it's a centerpiece, you know what I mean? Food is a centerpiece. Yeah. That that's in Filipino, that's in Mexican, that's that's a lot of people. Well I think the thing that Bourdain captured very maybe because he had a show too, but yeah. it's like what well, it's the kind of conversations we have is that mm-hmm. it's 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 nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And it's so emotionally attached. Right. Exactly. Like everyone remembers their first or their worst or <laughs> yeah. their or their favorite. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, it's constant too, because you know you could you could disagree. Right. You could come from different communities, different backgrounds, but everyone has the commonality of we all got to eat sometime. Yep. Um, what piqued my interest, though, as you were saying that, <clears throat> was the fact that one of the first foods you were cooking at five years old was mongo. Yeah. That, that tells me. Nobody how, really likes a lot. Of that's what, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Your, your palate is very yeah. Uh, refined. Yeah. Because you know most kids at that age, especially adobo, maybe. Yeah. Milaga beef steak. So, 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 okay. so for the so for the non-Filipino listeners, yeah. can you describe 
maybe that flavor or compare it to Mungo something that people is would... like lentils. Okay. So yeah, it's a bean dish that um, I'm Ilocano. So what we do is we put bagoong, but we use uh, fish bagoong, not shrimp bagoong. Some people use shrimp, but we use fish, and I still remember it. Like there'll be like fermented fish. Right, like, uh, whole fish. I'm not a fan of but That's the brown, the brown liquid one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I grew up and I love that stuff. And huh. then um, I remember they will put it in a, a strainer, and then they'll squeeze, uh, put some water in there, and then they'll break it apart to get as much flavor out of it. Mm-hmm. And then they'll pour that water over the over the bagoong, and then they'll use ampalaya leaves sometimes. Which I don't like, so they use spinach instead. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then it has like pork. And then now, we used to don't do that, but now my mom puts chicharron and on, yeah. the, on the nice. on hell the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then my oldest one hates bagong. I mean bagong hates mungo. But when you put the chicharron, it's like all right, I'll fuck with it. <laughs> yeah. That's so, funny. It's like yeah. he's putting the mungo on top of the chicharron. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> Actually, that sounds good. What's fascinating, though, is that, like, I think building on what Ryan might have been hitting at, maybe, is that how curious you were. Just right now, the way you were describing the process, and uh-huh. so, like, at a young age, uh-huh. you like you'd go out and you'd you know look at how they they butcher meat, yeah, and like follow the process, or when they're you know cooking back home, yeah. right? Like you would actually follow and look at how they were doing it. That, is that? Did you notice that when you were younger, or no, not really? Yeah. It's just how I grew up. I mean, like, like I said, I'm very curious, and what, why is this, and why it tastes like that? I love to eat, and then one time, Fourth uh, of July, I met one of the guys, my neighbor, in watching the fireworks, and he was. I was talking about goats, and he had a similar story, because back in the Philippines, I used to. Uh, my dad would buy goat before, um, before you know, butchering, butchering. and all that stuff. And we'll raise it for a month or maybe two weeks, right? Right. And the person who's going to walk the goat to eat plants is me. So I'm like walking the dog. Instead of walking the dog, I'm walking the goat. Yeah. Thinking it's my pet. Yeah. yeah. Wait, how old were <laughs> you at this time? Like probably like five, eight, oh, six. You know what I mean? Like we, we do this yearly wow. and we do this often because my dad loves goat. And then, um, and then you know, later on, by after that process of feeding the dog, um, feeding the goat and raising it, I was like, "All right, son, we're gonna kill this yeah. goat now. I need you to hold the legs because we oh. burn. We have to burn the um, the, burn the, the hair. Off, yeah. So I'm the one who's holding the legs so it doesn't spin around and all that stuff. And he he has to hit it with um with the uh, well, not Wallace uh, Wallace the the the, the stick ones mm-hmm. Wallace thing thing. Yeah. Right. So he's the one who's brushing all the burnt hair and all that stuff. And I have to hold it. I was like, man, why do I have to do this? It's like, just do it. And I, my dad would get so mad. <laughs> and then, man, it's just traumatic memory. for you as a young kid. Was that traumatic as a young kid? No, because once I eat the food, yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. the, out of all the siblings, I'm like, I like to eat all the crazy stuff. Like, I eaten frog before and thought it was a. Uh, Little chickens, yeah, <laughs> like chicken, but gamey. Yeah. But you know what that's? Uh, I don't know, but it was like it was yeah. it was super funny because like one of our relatives died in the province, and then we ate, and I was like, oh, this is so good, Lola, this is so good, and then like the little tiny like look like drumsticks and all that stuff. This is so good, and they're like, what is this frog? I'm like, 
Oh, <laughs> I'm like that sucks, but damn. Yeah. But it's good. <laughs> it's adobo. They yeah. cooked it adobo style and, and stuff. So it was, it was just very, yeah. It was just like food. Yeah, I, like I was. I was just gonna say based on Launchpad's comment about seeing food uh, butchered. You're right though, because for a lot of people, it actually turns them off and makes them queasy. Yeah. Right. But for, it depends on your, your family, your, your background. Or what you're exposed, exposed to. to that, but yeah. some people just can't see it, right? Uh, but that's that's different for, like, chefs. Because that's that's obviously something you got to learn anyhow. you got to right. learn to butcher. you got to learn to cut meat. Yeah. 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 And then back to my experience when I started um, at Ploof, one of my very first jobs, I was like, I work for free. I work for free for eight months. And every Saturday, my job was to butcher fish butcher fish and some meat and chicken and all that stuff and i that's how i i grown my my skills i remember my chef was like how old are you he's like 22 and then he's like you know you're too old right i'm like what do you mean i'm too old because normally if you're like in europe or something like that you normally start like when you're 15 you learn how to dishwash then you kind of process to get into to cook and all that stuff and he's like you got to work a little harder. So that's what I said to myself, work a little harder. It's like anywhere, anywhere I go, I try to work for free. If you, you have skills that I, I want to learn, I'll work for you for free. I'll offer my my labor just to learn something. You know what I mean? So that was my kind of attitude when when it comes to cooking. I'll work for free. I'll, I'll even like, before when I was, before I opened up Shenzhen, I was trying to learn how to do tempura because it was a pain in the butt to learn how to do tempura. I was like eating different sushi plates, learning, uh, tasting, making sure that uh, the texture is right. And I was offering, it's like, hey, can I dishwash for you guys for a couple of days and, you know, or for a month and just to learn your, your, uh, your ways. And then luckily, one restaurant in Berkeley said, nah, you don't need to do that. I'll tell you how to secret and all that stuff. So I, and then after that, it was cool. And then I learned. But I will offer. I've, I've worked, actually. I offered my free uh, free labor to uh, Sheldon. Sheldon, oh, Sheldon uh, top chef from uh, Maui. Mm. So I staged over there for a couple of days. I tried to do it this this time, but we got so busy that I'm like, no, nah, never mind. <laughs> but I, I did work at his restaurant, Migrant, in, uh, in Maui in 2015. Nice. So I staged there. And then that's when... I just got my executive chef job, the highest, I'm the chef chef, and I'm working for free for somebody else just to, you know, get more skills. I didn't... Um, it says a lot about you. Yeah, yeah, and then Sheldon was super, super dope. He was super cool. Um, skills-wise, I wasn't there long enough to learn a lot of skills, but the way he talked to his uh, people, to his uh, staff... Um, about regarding like how passionate he is about food that captivated me the way how I want to speak to my employees and how I want to talk about my food my way and history and all that stuff so it was just food has to have a backbone I mean you can't for for some people it works but a lot of times it doesn't food has to have a backbone the way how I approach food it might not be the same or it might not be equally good as yours, but my experience is what creates my food. 
Ex- expand it, on that though. Food has to have a backbone. What, what to, do you mean? What it do you has mean? to have a little bit of history. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, it's just where did that flavor come from? Like for me, I hate the word fusion. Okay. Because it's always evolution. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's never a fusion because fusion means you're trying to force two things that doesn't belong to each other, right? It's a good point. Evolution is two things that are not together, but they're working harmoniously to be one, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's my take on fusion versus versus evolution. Yeah, so, I like that, man. Yeah, I do that too. Sounds, and then uh, hold up, it's I funny too is that. like I, I saw you guys interviewed Lee. Right, yes, the, the chef? Yeah. My cousin from Canada, he's the one who told me to follow him. And he was like, he's pretty cool because he does a lot of Filipino uh, mm-hmm. food with French technique. Right. And then that's how I won. It's not that uh, it's because of him, but that's how I approach my, my stuff. It still has, I made a hollow hollow, but I made a cube, uh, ice cube, uh, ube ice cube, and then I made a caviar of uh, coconut milk as a caviar to make the halo halo right that sounds but delicious but it still tastes like halo halo bro my, ma- my mouth is delicious my mouth is and, and when can you make that for us yeah. is the question and then it, it tastes it, if you close your eyes it still tastes the same yeah but when you open your eyes it's not right it's it's like what the hell is this right I made adobo pork belly but I gave it um, an Italian style to it so I used broad beans it's not like quite lima beans, but it's like broad beans, and then I braised. You, you're giving us what one in 2011? That was the this 2011, it. yeah. Nice. So I, I did that. I did the ukoi. I did a little bit of a calamansi ponzu, instead of thing, because it, it makes sense. A ponzu is a soy sauce with citrus, right? Mm-hmm. But I use calamansi in, in that one, and then it, it just makes sense. It has to make sense, but not forcefully. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. so. Interested in, curious about food at a young age. Yep. You know, second eldest, you know, learning how to butcher yeah. um, at a young age, trying most things, save for bitter melon. Um, and then you, you, you know, quickly, you go into um, culinary school and then come out and then willing to work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes for free yeah. at a lot of different places. I actually enhance it. Yeah. yeah, just enhance I actually skills. travel. Every time I travel, I carry my knife bag. Just in case somebody's willing to let me work at their kitchen. Just in case. And then my wife, <laughs> when we went to Maui, oh, I hated it. Like, we're here for a vacation. Why are you working? I'm like, please, let me just work yeah. for a couple of days. That's I'll, your passion, I'll leave you, go. you guys do whatever you want to do. Let me do whatever right. I want to do. I bring Every time I go to Hawaii, I always bring my knife bag. I bring a Ziploc bag. I'll bring my mom's uh, collection of ketchup and soy sauce that you know they save in those little packets <laughs> i'll bring those because when you go to hawaii most majority of the time if you buy a bottle of soy sauce you're not going to use all of that so you use the packet and i'll bring a ziploc bag because like especially in oahu i'll go as soon as we land we go eat a helena's and then after that we go straight to uh, chinatown if it's early enough we go straight to chinatown in oahu and i'll buy my meat mm. And then I'll create my marinade and I'll stuff my that little tiny refrigerator right there. That little tiny refrigerator, I'll stuff it with raw meat. Marinade the hotel meat. refrigerator? Yeah, <laughs> in the hotel. Yeah. And then there's barely any water in there. <laughs> Maybe the water would be in the freezer size. So 
when we hey, go you, you you have a spot in our travel group yeah anytime oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm willing to cook I'm willing to offer if you enjoy food as much as I do uh, I love to barbecue Hey, so I'm going to New York next week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I might come. You want to come are you me? paying for my flight? I'm going to. Might have to. It's worth it to fill up the fridge. Yeah, yeah. seriously. So I mean, I'll give pointers. Like, even I just went to San Diego just uh, two weeks ago. I brought my camping gear and I brought my knife bag, my Ziploc bag, and then I barbecued. My I borrowed my boys' grill like this small, and I make it happen. I fed probably like ten to twelve people. What, what <laughs> would you little- say is your specialty? Specialty, I wouldn't say Filipino food, just because... Um, you would say, or you wouldn't? I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't say Filipino food, but I love to play with Filipino food. I um, During the pandemic, I actually... That was... I wasn't working in the kitchen. I shouldn't be working in the kitchen. But I was still in the kitchen playing with flavor. I was building. I was learning skills that I never really had time to do it. Because when you're an executive chef... You're always go, go, go. You know what I mean? Like, there's no time to think. Was this at Metro? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then it was, you know, I love, I love my boss over there. I still do. But it was just during the pandemic kind of made me kind of right. a little off. You know what I mean? Like, I had a little depression. And then I just, I needed to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I, maybe you could call it burnout. It, it was weird. It was, it's a di- different burnout. Burnout. You know what I mean? Like, what's the I, average? Is six years as an executive chef plus the additional time you spent there prior to becoming an executive yeah. chef? Is that like is that long or that's hella long? Yeah, like uh, <laughs> that's hella long. Man. I imagine like, it like generally it's like a, a few years. It's yeah, kind of the, the two normal. years, yeah. five years. Those are the lifespan of somebody working in the kitchen. Yeah, you know what I mean, so I mean, even my old boss says like they really come and go. It's it's. And you always have to teach somebody. And I learned how to be able to... That's how I learned how to be an executive chef, that you got to work with people and you got to be able to teach them. You got to learn how to be a teacher. I mean, like... And the patience to that. <laughs> There's not a lot of patience in the kitchen. <laughs> are you are you vocal in the kitchen? I love to be vocal. Um, not so much as a dick, but I, li- I like... The, the aggression of it you know what I mean like hmm. like I'll I'll say bad words you know what I mean like fuck you and all that stuff but not in a derogative way you know what I mean not not in a bad way it's like hurt the fuck up you know what I mean but not in a mean way it's like we're still we're playing like right mm-hmm. like when you're playing basketball sometimes it does rub on right. when you're playing basketball sometimes but at the same time it you want to make that person be better than who you are and that's yeah. how I teach too and that's how my chef taught me. And I mean, like, be better than who you are now. Teach them to be better than you. Sure. And then, and then that's that's in life. And I mean, that's the same thing with your kids. I would not put my kids. I wouldn't say another thing. Let me let me rephrase that. I would put my kids in a situation that they will have to learn, but I will never. You know, I mean hold them that they'll never learn I mean like it's mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that Ooh. yeah you know I mean like I, I always you sh- want to support them you want to support at the same them. time push them push them and, them and motivate I, I, them I'm going to let them make mistakes they don't like that mm-hmm. but I have to make them do the mistakes that they need to mm-hmm. 
so they learn not to do it again. Right. The same thing, like if you're in the kitchen, hey, everything is hot. All right, if you don't listen, you're gonna burn. Next thing you know, you're not gonna do that again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I can imagine that must be tough though, when you're when you're an executive chef, just continuing to have to like inspire like people you're working with. Yeah. Right, and and then and then also probably because of you know stinks staying at the same place for a while to have to continue to innovate yeah um so i'm, I'm well, really we change our menus yeah. too so we have i have to con- continuously uh it's the same thing in media right you're always trying to make content that's how i i do it with my recipe i try to keep it still in the same level but a little bit interesting and then it just kind of pulls them back in so i'm curious on that like where do you draw your inspiration from to innovate like I said, I go to Hawaii once a year. Mm. One of my inspiration is Hawaii. Um, it's a very hot, uh, I mean, like, it's a melting pot, right? Um, you got Japanese, you got um, your local grind, you got your Filipinos. And that's where I like, you know what I mean? Like, but I learned French. I learned European. I learned Mediterranean. So I try to tweak it a little bit to have the skills or the flavor of it because uh in metro lafayette they were um he likes me because i i show a little bit of my asian side right i'll do some um chinese influence japanese influence filipino sometimes i've done ukoi over there but you'll never know it's ukoi till you actually know the background of it right um i've done uh bone marrow that tastes like beefsteak. Hmm. So I, I I made caramelized onions uh, with soy sauce and lemon zest, and then the the ukoi, uh, I mean the um, the beef bone marrow on top of that. So that gives it that umami that that beefsteak flavor to it. I've done sinigang risotto, but you wouldn't think it's sinigang though. No. I mean, if you, oh, sorry, if, no, you if you close I'm, your I'm, eyes, <laughs> it tastes like sinigang. But if you look at it, you think it's it's a it's a innovative French dish. You know what I mean? So, or or Italian dish. I'm laughing just because, like, I'm glad we're recording this because I have like, uh, like a full menu and a list of ingredients I'm yeah. gonna need to get from you. Yeah. I was full. Yeah. <laughs> I was full. But as he talks, I'm not getting hungrier and hungrier. But I was gonna say, as an executive chef, in my mind, you know, when you're saying about how you you're trying to be playful but at the same time stern. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it's really difficult because, you know, you want to have a relationship with your kitchen staff. But at the end of the day, quality control, right? Yeah. That's the yeah. hardest aspect of And that's aspect where, that's where that aggression mm-hmm. happens. You still want to keep your employee. You, know, you want to keep them happy enough, but you got you to gotta keep them leveled. You know what I mean, you got to keep them still at their place because at the end of the day, you still got to run thing. Other than that, you're the one who's doing everything and sometimes it happens you know what I mean like people will not show the work so I'm willing I'm willing to make things happen by it right so I'm willing to dishwash I'll do everything in my power to make things happen hmm. and I'm not gonna let the, the kitchen burn you know what I mean like some people will that's just not how I, I roll so so when you reach this uh, quote unquote burnout phase is that how you transitioned into Abu High Vibes? 
So with the Mabuai vibes, it's just been boiling in my head. I went, I, I practiced jiu-jitsu. So in 2018, I went to Hawaii, uh, met this cool community of jiu-jitsu practitioners. Actually have a surf, yoga, and jiu-jitsu shop, right? And they do jiu-jitsu in the clothing shop. They do yoga and um, and then, of course, they sell surf uh, clothing lines and all that stuff. And I, I forgot what the, the owner uh, used to work for. Uh, one of those uh, skate shop or surf shop uh, things uh, very popular in, in Hawaii and L.A., and then, um, and I loved it. I'm like, I want to have something like that. I wanna, I wanna be able to sell my product and still do the hobby that I still do. Right. It, it, it's pretty dope. That's the that dream. What's super cool? What really bite to it uh, that captured me was I I trained over there because some dude from uh, Aulani, uh, Disney Aulani, said, "Hey, we're, uh, we have an open mat. Go over there." This today or tomorrow, and go train. And then my wife was like, "Where are you going?" I was like, "I'm gonna train." I'm like, "No, you're not." I'm like, "How about I bring you mochi donuts and then let me train?" And then, so that's what I did. And then I left. I forgot my belt. And two days later, I finally realized my belt was gone. And I was like, "Hey, can I pick up my belt?" Blah blah blah. Oh, that was you. Oh, that was yours. Oh, okay, yeah, just pick it up. And I went over there. And it was still wet. I said, hey, um, this belt is a little wet. Oh, we just washed it for you. Who the hell washed your clothes? That was your mistake. That was your own, your, your stanky ass belt. You left it over there. Why would you wash it? And I was like, that was very helpful. That was very kind of you to do that. And that was like, that was their mentality. Be mindful. Be kind to each other. At the same time, you're choking somebody out. And right. I mean, like, but it was it was it was still be be nice and all that stuff. So Mabuhai was supposedly it was gonna be Mabuhai Collective. That was my very first name that I wanted to do. But there was a Mabuhai Collective in uh, UCLA. They were a nonprofit organization uh, club that they call uh, Mabuhai Collectives. I that's still how I want my business to be because I want to be. In the jiu-jitsu or martial art uh, community, I want it in the food community. Mm-hmm. I want it in the surfing community. I want it. That's what Mabuhai vibes is. Crossing it's like, genres. It, it's yeah. it's from Philippines coastal line to Ma- Ma- uh, to Hawaii coastal line to California coastal line, but yet accessible for every single Filipinos, mm-hmm. non-Filipinos, uh, in around the world. I mean, in generally, I wish it would be. In in um, in uh, Philippines too. So yeah. And then I, I did a festival, and one of the guys like, "Hey, I want to buy your shirt." I'm going. It's like, but aren't you afraid that they might steal it? It's like, you know what? People will steal anything. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's not gonna the biggest compliment. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Exactly. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I I don't really mind. Just as long as they do a good job about it. <laughs> now I mean, like, don't 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 just make it look low low quality and then you, you, yeah yeah keep it good quality. At least we're in the same vibe. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so my boy vibes is more like I give it like one of my meaning is it's my reggae to you. 
You know what I mean? That's my reggae. It's my jam. Yeah. You know what I mean? We chilling. We uh, we we relaxing. We're eating. We're having a community. We're having a conversation right now. Yeah. And then we're just enjoying it ourselves, enjoying our life. You know what I mean? So you pick you what, pick you pick the strong word. Yeah. Right, Mabuhay. Yeah. It's a meaningful word. Yeah. But I want to know this: when you're thinking of that name, since it's um, really representative of the Filipino culture. Mm-hmm. Did you did a thought come across your mind where you felt that might, you know, trap you in a box? Exactly, exactly. And that's not what I wanted. I told my, my cousins like because I had a conversation with them and I was like, I need I need a brand that will unite everybody. And I mean like a, a white person will wear it, a black person will wear it, a Mexican will wear it. Anybody could wear it and they'll feel proud. Cause that, and that's what was cool about it when I do my uh, when I do my pop up, I hate um, front on front conversation with people sometimes. It's because you're too engaged. That's why I like cooking. Mm-hmm. I'm like in the kitchen. But now I'm kind of relaxed. I'm kind of educating people. I'm actually having conversation. And then like, what does ma buhai means? And I mean buhai means life. Ma is a word. For in general, you know what I mean, like to you, to I mean, like in, in just in general. So when a non-Filipino comes to me and asks me, it means to you, to your prosperity, to your life, to your well-being, right? And that's that's my definition. It could be a, a little bit different, but I'm trying to give the same way. When I go to Hawaii, I get that aloha spirit. Mm-hmm. People in Hawaii gives me that aloha love. You know what I mean, like that spirit and. And I love that. But Filipinos has the same spirit too. We have the spirit. You know, we smile. We give we're our hospi- hospitality, our food. We always, that was like the number one first thing. You say, did you eat already? You know what I mean? So, kumain ka na ba? In Tagalog and all that stuff. So, it's it's that that strength of mabuhay. And it got washed off majority of the time. I don't know now. But when I was in the Philippines or when I went to the Philippines, it kind of got washed off. Same thing with Aloha, right? It got washed off. It's like when you go to the plane, Mabuhay. And then when you go to the hotel, Mabuhay. But normally people never say Mabuhay to you, to you as a general, just chit-chatting. You know what I mean? So, and that's what I want to educate. And a lot of the younger, um, younger kids nowadays, they know cheers. They know kampai or whatever. Right. But salute, yeah. you know what I mean? But they never really use Mabua. And I'm trying to trying to use that in general use what, what instead I, of things. What I like about that, what I love about that is there's a, just a universal like you know, spirit to that, universal like mm-hmm. excitement or yeah. happiness. The Latin that, has right? some, some word like yeah. that too. And then I learned somebody, say, they have that in Jew too. I forgot what she, she said, the word, but they have something in that spirit. But in, in generally... Everybody speaks that way. They just don't give that love to one another. I mean, did you envision it starting with hats or like what, what, when you? Yeah, did you start off with shirts, hats? What was the idea in the vision? My idea was to do a jujitsu, jujitsu uh, MMA kind of um, uh, field first. But it, the more I got into it, it got it got more expensive. So that's when I started. My flavored butter. If you follow me on Instagram, it's super confusing because I knew what I knew, 
that's why I had to use that platform to be able to create my brand. Now, I mean, like I knew how to make food. How do I make money to get my business going? So, and then uh, 2020, I was about to quit. My cousin had, um, oh, hey, have you heard of this butter in uh, LA called um, Big Boy uh, Ube Butter? I was like, no, never heard of it, never tasted it. What's in it? And then I did a little bit more research. I never tasted it still. Let me create, recreate something similar to that. I created something different. Maybe. I don't know how he did it, but I created something different. And then my cousin's like, dude, this is hella good. Maybe you could sell this. For real? I just wanted to give it out as a Christmas favors for everybody. Dude, sell that. And maybe you could create your your uh, business. It's like, okay. And then my cousin during December, I've been talking about this like maybe eight months, two years prior to that. I wanted to do a business, but I just didn't know how. I'm not a technology tech person. I don't know nothing. My cousin's the IT and he say, hey, I have this uh, uh, tablet or uh, laptop. Do you want it? I said, I could give it to you. Maybe you could create something with this. Here you go. <laughs> and I was like, it's hella funny. He's like, I don't even know how to work this. And he, and then the very first thing he said, Google it. I'm like, I don't even know how to Google. <laughs> yeah. So I don't even know how to do do that either. So I'm like, damn, this is gonna be a long road, right? So the whole month of December, before 2021, the whole month of December, I went to YouTube University, how to be a graphic designer, learn all everything. I, oh man, it was stressful. It's like my even my younger kid who was doing uh, pandemic uh, learning. Taught me how to use my tablet, <laughs> like you know how to use the AI and how to do that and how to get information that I needed. And then, as probably by February, I was able to create the brand. I was like, you know, I always e- email bla- or email text blast my cousins. You like this? No. Okay. Do you like this? No. I'm like, fuck. Man. So right. that was your first audience. Was, yeah, uh, my cousins. My yeah. cousins are the ones. And you know they 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 call themselves the Mount Rushmore of my brand because they're the, the <laughs> they 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 say they're the the four fa- uh, fathers yeah. of uh, my brand and all this stuff and, and you know they are but Do they get royalties. Oh, <laughs> I guess so, but <laughs> man, I just hate that. Google, my cousin, Google it. So, what is your uh, Instagram handle for our listeners so that they could uh, follow you? I'm a Buhai Vibes, M A B U H A Y, and then Vibes. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a fan of um, you know when I first saw your your hat, yeah. I was just drawn to it, not just because of, first off because of the word mabuhai. Yeah, but I just like the designs on it, right? It just complemented the yeah. word. But when you're talking about the word mabuhai and what it means, it's a really understated word. Yeah, and you're right. Like uh, I think it's faded away in younger generations, and when I really think about the word, I think about like my grandparents, mm-hmm. my grand, my my grandfather. He was that was like the first word he would say every morning. Mabuhay, mabuhay kayo, you know. Oh, that's cool. Anytime, that's dope. Yeah, people yeah. would leave the house. Mabuhay. Yeah. And um, you rarely hear that, bro. I, I love how you defined it too, yeah. because you know you have the word life in it. Yeah. But it's more than that. It's what yeah. you just said. It's it's uh, be prosperous in your life, be meaningful in your life. It's yeah. so much. 
So like when you when you compare it to like aloha and that word means you know both hello goodbye and uh, spirit for them. Yeah, I think Filipinos just kind of forgot mm-hmm. about this word. Exactly, exactly. And then um, with Mabua, like I said, it's my reggae to everyone. It's, it's it's my love song. It's my it's do something positive in life that will um, do something happy for your life in a positive way. You know what I mean? Like because like during the pandemic, you know, everybody there's it's crazy. It's people probably never been an asshole became an asshole. You know what I mean? Like it was just weird. Like I went like I said, I went to Singapore, you know, and I felt weird because in Singapore or in Asia, when you go in line or go take the train, people are like freaking close to each other. And I'm like, I'm not used to that. Imagine now during the pandemic, everybody had to be like super far away. And, and it was just like, Ugh, you, you got cooties and all that stuff. It's, you know, I, it, it's just I want to just give a little brightness to everybody's darkness during the pandemic. And I actually... The very beginning too is like I was talking to my best friends. Is like I have this thousand dollars. I've been, you know, like Uncle Sam's been giving back money. I have this thousand dollars that I just want to um, maybe buy a shirt, uh, a whole bunch of shirt, and just give it out to random people, to anybody, and then just my buhai. Now I mean, like, hey, brighten up. Everything's good. Now I mean, like, I wanted to do that, and then my boy's like, it's a little weird. <laughs> um, you're not gonna make money. You're just gonna give a thousand dollars just like that? I'm like, yeah, why not? It's like, kind of slow down, <laughs> uh, hit the brakes, maybe think about that. But like, you can do that, but in a way that you can make money too. So that's one of the key moments of creating the Mabuhai vibes. So a lot of um, the first two years, um, every time I sell my merchandise, I donate money. Not every time, but like I collect money and donate it to nonprofit organization around the Bay Area. That's my key goal. I hooked up with um, a group called Vibes and Smiles. They're a nonprofit organization, and they help out the community. Well, what are they called? Vibes and Smiles. Uh, Amanda is uh, one of the um, the key component of that uh, group. Uh, they just I think last year they just finally got their nonprofit uh, license and all that oh. stuff. But I hooked up with them. And then we did a whole bunch of like community service of um, say we'll do pop-ups at the same time. Uh, it's a toy drive, or mm. we'll do a pop-up that is collecting um, for AAPI uh, um, protection things like yeah. whistles and um, all that uh, gadget and hygiene and all that stuff. And during the first year of my uh, or uh, the first year. 2021 I wasn't working right so I was just doing pop-ups I was selling my butters at the same time it's like I'm bored I'm like I need to work out I need there's no jiu-jitsu there's no there's no gym so I volunteered myself to do food drives there's a Hercules in Hercules we do food drives I think once a week or twice a week and I help out I wake up it was in uh, a Hercules middle school yeah, was it is it once a week or every day? It might be every day. I I forgot, but it was in 2020 and 2021 we were I was helping out, and I was like, 
the late uh, the the workers over there is like I was carrying the pallets. It's like, oh no, be careful! Don't hurt yourself. No, this is like going to the gym. It's okay. You know what I mean? Like I'll help you out. It's like, oh, you need help? I got you. You know what I mean? Like I'm super positive and like, giving out food and all that stuff. And what's shocking too is like, not only poor people needs help. It's the people that looks like you have wealth, but right. they're struggling too. So it it, it kind of it, it broadens everything out and it's like I never judged you but what car you drove <laughs> you know what I mean because your problem could be uh, worse than the other person you know what I mean just because yeah. you have that that luxury and all this stuff so I'm struck by <clears throat> in the time you've been sharing with us your story I, I know I go back and forth no, and no, jump no, no. And all but, but I'm struck by uh, the common theme the common thread is um, your, uh, a sense of charity uh-huh. Right of giving back to community of giving your time. Like I'm hearing, you know, you've done work in the food space for free. You are you know, starting a business and get willing to give away some of your product for free. Yeah, like I'm hearing that is just like a part of who you are. But I'm I'm actually curious a little bit. Also going back to creating food mm-hmm. about your creative process. So like whether it's creating a dish. Mm-hmm. Or like creating the design of Mabuhai vibes. Yeah. Um, maybe talk. Just can you talk about your kind of your creative process? Food wise, yeah. I'm not a tweezer guy. I mean, I, I believe on people who does tweezer. We I, I in our industry we call the tweezer guys like when they plate they use a tweezer and, okay. and make it look nice and all that stuff. I'm not the kind of guy. I still needs to still needs to be cre- uh, creativity is one thing. Flavor is another one, and simplicity. Mm. You cannot. A lot. I know in, in Filipino they like to just throw a lemon in there or <laughs> something green. I'm like something green, but does it make sense? Do, do you really need to? You can't just put something there that just it looks good in your eyes, but it doesn't eat well. You know what I mean? Like it has to taste. Everything has to have skills, passion, and then just like like I said, like close your eyes, and then. It, brings you back memory and I did if if it does then it you did something good mm-hmm. as a chef uh, when we just ate in San Diego in this one restaurant called Campfire and we were eating food some of stuff are like very new to me I'm like ooh very interesting and then I ate this one dish something it looks different but when you taste it I'm like oh that is me and so, Albert, we learned a lot about you, man. Um, Albert, the, the chef, BJJ, Muay Thai, of course, Mabuhai Vibes, Father of Three. And you know you're on a show called The Second Half. So this is the question that we ask. Mm-hmm. What is the second half for you now? What do you have going on as of this moment? What are you doing? So, like I said, I've been saving up my money right now. One of the things is I've been saving up my money to bring my kids to the Philippines. I want them to experience Philippine islands. Uh, my middle guy's like, eh, Philippines, I'm not interested. And then my, my oldest one's like, that would be cool. And then my youngest one's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, like, so they all have their own thing. And then my oldest one and my middle one is like, we're going to miss school. I'm like, dude, just relax. Once we get there, we get a little bit more known of your history you get to you've been to Hawaii we go to Hawaii because of my kids 
most majority of the reason oh, for my insan uh, my sanity and my kids too because it's only a five hour flight and it's easy mm-hmm. going to Philippines mm-hmm. that could take from 13 to 16 hour flight yeah. know what I mean and that's going to be a test it's different that's that's my next goal my second uh, my next goal too is um, the last two years I've been donating a lot of money um, I donate to uh, a lot of uh, non-profit organization health right I've done um, uh, City Eats was one of the latest one City Eats in San Francisco and uh, St. Vincent de Paul mm-hmm. in Antioch but they do a lot of stuff around the county so and then when they did in St. Patrick Church they, they talked about um, uh, they help out there's a homeless shelter over there that gives food and shower to the homeless that in Rodeo which is my community you know it's 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 a refinery community so it's terrible and Hercules got nothing what to do nothing to do with freaking Rodeo you know right. I mean like you guys are unincorporated you guys deal with the county Hercules is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Rodeo is just like you're just like a sore in our. I mean, like I mean, I love Hercules though, but that's just I want to help out my community, and it's just terrible over there. And then projects, Project Two is over there. I used to hang out over there. You know what I mean? Like gang banging days and all that stuff. But I want to help out. Did that this year? I want to kind of focus on getting my my online store I've been promising every a lot of my customers like oh do you have an online store I was like I'm trying technology wise I'm not that guy I mean like but now I'm starting to earn some money um, I did I, I work on my graphics all the time but now I'm able to kind of afford a graphic designer so you know I'm getting help a little bit more better because I mostly do everything my wife is my backbone she helps me out my sister from Hawaii, she helps me out from far away, so she could only do so much. You know what I mean? Like my brother helps me out do pop ups, um, and my other siblings, you know, they come and support and sometimes you know help me out and all that stuff. So it's it's a small knit business, but I mostly I try to do as much as I can. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So do you have someone else helping with graphic design, or are you also looking for someone who can help too? I. I got one guy. He's actually helping me out, but you know, I never done it before. So, things, the process. I'm very picky on my things. Yeah. I'm always quality versus quantity. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, like my, my my product is all about quantity. Mm-hmm. I mean, qual quality. I mean, that's that's me. I don't want to give you guys something that will bite me in the back and it's like, oh, your thing is crap. I'm like, no, that's that's not how I do it. You know, what I mean, like. And then same thing when it comes to food too. That's 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 me. That's just my thought process of things. It's always quality. You know what I mean? So um, that's my online store is one of my next thing. Go to the Philippines is my next thing. And then hopefully if things rolls back, I'll start. Uh, hopefully get to donate things more often as I want to, as usual. Awesome and man. So yeah. Well, listen, dude. Mabuhay to you, your family, mabuhay. and mabuhay, mabuhay. mabuhay. mabuhay vibes, thank bro. Mabuhay thank vibes. you, thank you, thank you, mabuhay, brother. Mabuhay. Thank brothers. you, man. Yeah, thank you. That's it. That was a cut. So that was a good cut. Man. Oh yeah, yes. 
from running all the courts, SF to the town. Dad bars, now we just running our mouths. Barbershop talk, rocking the spot. Got you thinking these opinions all coming in hot. Lifelong bond has the convos flow. Time just goes, constant growth. Straight from the base, spreading knowledge and laughs. Listen up, show love, homie, it's the second half.